Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Talking about chicken a la king Mango and garbanzo tabbouleh Real potatoes and vegetables With roasted garlic and basil Zucchini ziti Granola fruit bar Look at all this beautiful food Guys, welcome to Green Eggs and Dan, where I interview amazing people with amazing minds, but all I care about is what is in their fridge. I'm very excited for my guest today. He's an amazing comedian. His fantastic Showtime special is called Tall, Dark, and Pleasant. He's a cast member of True TV's Greatest Ever. He's the host of the Snuggle Storm podcast, and I think at this point, he is the house comedian for The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> Please welcome Pete Lee, everybody. Pete Lee. Hey, Dan. How's it going? Uh, I'm good. I am uh, I am so proud and jealous of your position on The Tonight Show. It's like every, oh, gosh. every time, I, it's like every three weeks, it's like tomorrow night, Pete Lee is going to be on. Was, oh, I'm, man. It's, yeah, part of me the, is like so happy for you. And part of me is like, Dan, you got to come up with your five minutes, man. You gotta, yeah. If you come up with your five minutes, I'll help you. I'll help you tweak it and stuff. Um, I've actually been doing that for other comics. Uh, they'll send me their Tonight Show set, and then like I'll help them kind of like smooth over some of the parts that you know. A lot of times, people don't. They'll be like, "Oh, well, I, it's got to be clean," and it's not so much that it has to be clean. It's just that you can't piss off advertisers or right. you know, like like a lot of people will have like a great bit, and they'll be like, "My aunt Becky is a bitch." And, you know, and, and like the, the lawyers are like, your aunt Becky could sue us. We can't say that. And so is there any way you could change your aunt Becky to like one of my aunts, you know? So like, there's just little things you can do to make uh, a set that they would not approve of uh, approvable, but, right. um, but yeah, it, uh, so yeah, I, I remember when I first went on there, um, they didn't want me, like they had a booker before the current booker mm-hmm. and, um, then they were just like, no. They're like hands down no we don't we don't want you and then the new booker um he's currently the booker took over and then um uh G- like they had a tonight show showcase that jimmy just ended up showing up at and so i lucked out that jimmy fallon saw me live and um how nervous he- were you did you find out before you went on stage that he was there uh yeah because um my old manager dave he like i was up at the bar having a shot of whiskey because i was nervous like at that point like now i'm on zoloft and um like you know and like so my my anxiety is way better than it used to be but before i was like a shot of a shot of whiskey to manage manage the nerves at 1 p.m wasn't uh wasn't doing it just to warm me up you know yeah and uh, i was at the bar doing a shot of whiskey and right as i like did the shot of whiskey you know that like like when your eyes start watering from the whiskey, that's mm-hmm. when my old manager walked up with Jimmy Fallon. He's like, Hey Pete, I want you to meet Jimmy Fallon. And I was like, Oh, Hey dude. Um, Oh my God. You want some whiskey? <laughs> like, like, I don't have a problem. And, um, and he was just like, he's like, yeah, Dave told me to come over. He's like, I live right across the street. And so I figured I'd come say hi and, you know, see your set. And, um, I was like, my heart was jumping out of my chest Holy nervous God. for yeah. that moment. And then, I went downstairs and the the host for the show that night knew that Jimmy was there and just imploded. 
Like, like you, you know, when you see like a, like a great <laughs> implode on stage yeah. and you hate it for your friend that's on stage, but you're also like, this is a special moment, <laughs> like in its own thing. And he went up there, he was supposed to be clean. And then just the crowd wasn't liking him. And then he went way blue, way too soon. Right. And just went super dirty and just had flop sweat. And then right after that, Roy Wood Jr. was running his Tonight Show set. It was his first one that he was going to do the next day. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be dead in the water following Roy Wood Jr. But it just turns out that he cracked the room and it was the perfect set. Mm -hmm. And then I just followed that energy. And uh, yeah, I remember in between comics, the host went up and like tried to joke. And I'm like, no, oh, just bring me up. Boy. Just bring me up, dude. <laughs> Come on. Wow, but, that's yeah, wild. Then, it's kind of wild that he would come to his own showcase that Fallon would be there. Like normally you do a tape and you send it to the booker and that's it. Or mm -hmm. the booker comes to see you live. But to have the fucking host of the show there. Ugh. Yeah. And that's the, that's the weird thing is that like I think Jimmy's the only late night host that would do something like that. Right. Just because he he loves people so much and he loves hanging out. And he's like, like, yeah, why wouldn't I want to? try to see the comics before they go on the show and stuff. And, um, and he's a kindred spirit. I mean, he's a comic, like he's a stand up he's a comic. He's like a real comic that's been doing stand up for forever. And yeah. uh, also a musician, like a great musician. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he just, he just wanted to be around comedy and, um, I feel lucky. I, I have the, the cue cards behind me. Um, oh, I love it. I don't know if you can see the drumsticks there. But there's a story behind uh, the drumsticks. Those are Questlove's drumsticks. And when I did the first Tonight Show, I was like, uh, I, like it went well. And then uh, the Roots are like, they might be my favorite band of all time. Yeah. And um, I love the root, Roots. I'm a big jazz guy. I love Robert Glasper. Quest always, you know, um, he always sits in with Robert Glasper. I'm, I just love him so much. Yeah. And um, anyway, uh, so Questlove comes into my green room and he's like, dude, I love the set. I'm like this, I can't even believe this moment is happening. Oh my God. And then this, uh, this NBC page comes in with this little book and there's, there's these drumsticks, those, those drumsticks. And, um, she's like, you got to sign the, you know, the thank you book. And then I'm like, oh my God, Questlove gave me his drumsticks. This wow. is a really special moment. Like he gave me his drumsticks from like, you can see all the markings on them from the show. Yeah, but and I've heard that normally he gives people $10,000, but he just gave you <laughs> drumsticks. He gave, he, gave me a, he gave me a $20 pair of drumsticks that have been used. Used uh, drumsticks. <laughs> he gives, normally gives people a new drum set. He pays for one month of their mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, it was just, he's like, all right, this, these sticks will do. So I didn't realize that I was supposed to sign the guest a book sign the drumsticks and then give them back i took them like oh my god he gave me the drumsticks so a few weeks later mike vecchione was there yeah. and vecchione texted me he's like hey man do i sign these drumsticks and give them back and i'm like Questlove gave you his drumsticks well then i told him that i took them and then all of a sudden uh michael from the tonight shows texted me he's like dude you you took the that's you you're supposed to give them back every single guest from the tonight show ever has given back the the drumsticks it signed and I'm like, oh no. And I was like, well, I have a problem. And then I sent him a picture of this frame where they're framed in the thing. And he's <laughs> like, oh my God, you idiot. You got them framed. I was like, I thought they were a gift. I thought they were my special drumsticks. <laughs> and um, so he they FedExed me some drumsticks and they also had to uh FedEx those same drumsticks to Giselle Bunchen, right. uh 
uh, former Mrs. Tom Brady and, you know, uh, international supermodel. She likes to lead with former Mrs. Tom Brady, though. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure that that's her her main thing that she wants to be known as. Um, uh, and then Paul Giamatti. So Paul Giamatti, they had to FedEx the uh, the drumsticks to Paul Giamatti and Giselle Bundchen, and they had to sign them. And then they had to like get them somehow into into Questlove's collection without him noticing. And then Amazing. I think it was like my third or fourth time on the show. Uh, I just like. I told Jimmy the story and he's like, Oh my, Oh my God, we got to get Amir over here. Questlove's real name is Amir. He's like, yeah. Amir, come here, come, come on. You got to tell him the story. And he was like, Oh, that's hilarious. He's like, you did all of that. You got, he's like, I don't even know what I do with the drumsticks. <laughs> he, he's like, I don't know where they're at. I think they're just in storage or I thought maybe like if I got drumsticks from everybody, I would probably like in my mansion or whatever, I'd probably yeah. have a room that was just wallpapered with them. That's yeah. what I would do. With them. That sounds like a great idea. Maybe mm-hmm. you should uh, tell that to Quest. Yeah, I'd be like, Amir. Amir, you got to do that. You, you, a, you that is that is a flex that you. First of all, first of all, couple of flexes that have happened thus far in the podcast. <laughs> we started the Zoom, and you just had a a uh, a still photo. Your video was not on, and you just had a still photo of you on the Tonight Show. Mm-hmm. And then you're flexing that you're on an you're on an Amir name basis with Quest Love. It's mm-hmm. all very very cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, by the way, all very, very unusable. We're going to, we're not going to use any ah. of that stuff because this is a food <laughs> podcast. All right. <laughs> this is a food and I'm eating podcast. food now. You are eating your charcuterie right now. Uh, but before we get into your relationship with food and charcuterie, we're going to get into your fridge. You guys can see Pete Lee's fridge on my Instagram at standupdan. I will say, here was, this was the surprising thing for me. Uh, this is. First of all, what is your what is your uh, what is your relationship status? I don't know. Are you married? Are you single? Um, I am in a relationship and I live with my girlfriend. Okay, so. that makes sense. And I'll tell you why <laughs> because I was like, Pete's on the road a lot, and whenever you get like a road comics fridge, it's there's nothing in there. It's yeah. like it's like it's like depressingly empty. Yeah, like like um like one of those people like like a Jason Bourne fridge, you yeah. know, where where he sleeps on a mattress on the ground and he doesn't even have sheets, the a fitted sheet. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, oh my the, god. The yeah, Jason we have Bourne a lot of food and we went to the grocery store yesterday. So that oh, cool. uh that giant tub of uh $16 feta, that is new. That that's brand new. That is front and center in the fridge is a tub of feta cheese. Um, yeah. Which are you, are you guys a big feta family or just, was there a good deal on feta crumbles? Um, we love, um, we love putting feta and stuff. It just, it feels fresh. It feels like, which is funny. Like if you look at my eyebrows and then you also look at the feta, you're like, oh, well, Pete's Greek. I finally figured it out. Um, I'm actually not Greek, but, um, I just love, I love feta. And I love that font on the feta. <laughs> hey man, you're allowed, you're, you're allowed to like feta if you're not Greek. It's very, I think feta also spans different countries. There's Bulgarian feta. Mm-hmm. There's Greek feta. There is, I think that's it. I think the Bulgarians and the Greek have that market on lock. Yeah. I, so that's president feta, uh, which I think it's one of those, it's like authentic Greek feta made in Des Moines. Right. Or something like that. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't want to upset anybody if they own president feta. We are sponsored by President Feta. This whole oh, episode <laughs> is brought to you by President. The good people at President Feta. Also, <laughs> come good... up with a better name for your feta cheese company than President. 
<laughs> like it should be like uh, you know, uh, Yorgos's feta crumbles. No, <laughs> president. Like, how did that do in the in the focus group? How did that make it to the end? Yeah, we want something to symbolize that it is the top. You know, <laughs> the 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 top position. How about it, president? Oh, excellent, excellent. King feta cheese? No, no, no monarchy. <laughs> no monarchy. <laughs> King okay. okay, Prime Minister Feta. Uh, no, too too European. Even very European. We want we want to do well in the American market. Okay, <laughs> President <laughs> Yorgo, you are a genius. <laughs> Yorgo, I love the name Yorgo. Uh, by the way, do most people open up both sides of their freezer and their fridge? No, I like that you did because there's a frosty mug at the ready here, which is. I like that. I like that move. What what normally goes into that? Uh, my girlfriend the other day, um, she was going to have like a frosty pumpkin beer. If you could look behind the lactate milk, you would see a frosty pumpkin ale. Mm. And she was going to put that, that by, That's the, by Kona, right? Kona, the beer company? Oh, um, those are uh, Big Wave Lights. Big those Wave. are some of my favorite beers. I love Big Wave Dave. Um, uh, I love... I. I'm, I don't know if you can tell by my fridge, but I'm a, a big drinker. Uh, you can yeah. see that I have a ton of alcohol. I have, I have Topo Chico's, I have White Claws. Um, I have one lonely Dr. Pepper down there. Uh, um, apparently I drank all of them. And then I, I was like, this one's for emergencies. Yeah. So there's, I'd say ha half of the door uh, is booze. And mm -hmm. yes, there's two rows of Topo Chico seltzer and White Claw seltzer um, and one Dr. Pepper. And a, a chocolate squeeze, <laughs> chocolate, chocolate syrup squeeze bottle. Yeah, <laughs> that's, uh, it goes really great with a White Claw. Uh, <laughs> no, I honestly, um, I've been going through my fridge recently. And when I say I've been going through my fridge, I mean, my girlfriend, she recently like fully moved in and she's been going through and just like, like trying to figure out when I bought things, why I bought things. Mm -hmm. And so just taking inventory. What, yeah. Kind of what you're doing with the fridge. She's been doing that and okay. going, what, what day were you having when you bought the chocolate syrup? Um, I'm a decently healthy eater, even though I'm a, a drinker and I like alcohol. Yeah. Um, but she's like, she's like, you must've been just fully depressed if you, or on the other end of the spectrum, like maybe I was celebrating something and I went to the store and I'm like, you know what, buddy, you're getting chocolate syrup. You did it. <laughs> you, you got, you got 30 K views on your TikTok video and I'm going to go get some chocolate syrup. Oh boy. That is a sad celebration. <laughs> That's a sad celebration when you're, well, honestly, one of the reasons why I have uh, so much alcohol at the house yeah. uh, and this, this is where I justify things and it sounds like a lie. Um, I, so I live at the beach and I have, um, I have a neighborhood full of people that, where um, are you? Where, where, where at the beach? Um, I'm over at the Palisades. I'm in the Pacific Palisades. Oh, cool. And, um, I, so my house is kind of like my surf house and a lot of people come over and they surf. Uh, you're welcome to come over and surf at the house. I live at one of the best surf spots. Um, no way. Yeah. I've and, never surfed before, but I'm taking you up on it just oh, to say that, uh, I surfed out of Pete Lee's home. Yeah, I came up with a, a surf club. It's called the Chernobyl Surf Club. And I call it Chernobyl because it's a disaster um, too soon. I don't know, but it's the Chernobyl Surf Club. We have t-shirts, we have hats. 
And it's mostly comedians that come over and they're like, dude, I want you to teach me how to surf. And so uh, in the pandemic, there were so many comedians that were just like bummed out, depressed. They were lonely. They didn't know what to do. So I'd have them over to the house and surf. And I have a bunch of wetsuits. I bought a bunch of foam boards. So no that way. People could, they're like learner boards. And um, yeah, so I'd, I'd be happy to take you out surfing. Wow. Here's um, the thing. I think I would be, I, I, I think I'd be good at surfing. I know it sounds mm-hmm. like a, a lot of bravado there, but <laughs> I've skied my whole life and I went snowboarding one day and I was very good at snowboarding. I did not fall that much, which apparently is not a thing. Apparently yeah. you fall a lot your first day. So I, I have a feeling that I've, I can feel, I can feel the board, man. I have it in me. Uh, I am very scared of sharks though. So there's no way that I'm going surfing. Well, we have, uh, we have shark bands at the house. They're these, these magnet bracelets that you put on your ankle and sharks are, they, they hate magnets apparently. And they, uh, they won't go near you if you have this magnet on your ankle. I They're do not buy that one bit. And I'm, I'm not testing out this voodoo. Yeah, I honestly, I don't, I have a couple of theories because um, there's only like 10 to 20 people that die from sharks every single year. Yes. And there's less than a hundred shark attacks and just surfers alone going into the ocean. There's 22 million surfers worldwide. Okay. And so that ratio of people that get attacked by sharks is, is really low. And then if you add in all the other people that are just beach goers, it's a really low, and because the the death and attacks numbers uh, that includes people that are just wading into the ocean, so I think we don't taste very good. Like I think we're like right. chicken before it's cooked, like how you wouldn't want raw chicken. I think sharks, like I think that when a shark attacks a human being, it goes back to the other sharks, and they're like, "Dude, you ate that? Like you can't eat that. You're, right. you're gonna get sick. Like right. they're full of disease." And yeah. um, so yeah, I don't I don't think that they're supposed to eat us, and that's why they don't. <laughs> Well, we don't, I mean, compare us to what they normally eat, which is seal and seals <laughs> are fatty, baby. A lot of that good, good fat. They're like, they're used to a five Wagyu seal. Yeah. And then they come to us and we're all bony and sinewy and yeah. you know, we're like stew meat that hasn't been stewed. Yeah. And, and yeah, they, they usually will spit us out, but I just, I don't want to risk if it's like the non-foodie shark who's like, yeah, I'm cool with this bony fucking guy. <laughs> like the guy the that eats the buffalo wings with the bones and swallows it. Like yeah. that, that gross guy. It's just that. Yeah. That I don't want that shark. shark. If I can, if you can assure me that your beach is only infested with uh, the finest finickiest sharks, uh, then yeah. I will, then I will go there, but I don't want the trash sharks. I don't want the Pittsburgh Steeler fan sharks <laughs> come, <laughs> coming at me. Yeah. You don't want that. Yeah. that slob. <laughs> I will say this at our, at our beach, um, and in the Santa Monica Cove, there's actually never been a shark attack. Wow. So like in recorded history, which I don't know what that means. Right. Um, in recorded history, there's never been a shark attack. So, right. um, they don't, and the other weird thing that I probably shouldn't tell you this if I want you to come surfing, um, it's actually a, a a great white shark, great white shark breeding ground where they raise their young and then they swim everywhere in the world from here. So you'll see like little baby sharks and at high tide, you'll see them like they circle and they feed. And it's the weirdest thing to see this like little shark tornado um, like oh in the God. water. And you're then trying, <laughs> you're trying to get me to come surfing with a shark tornado. Yeah, there's shark tornadoes out in front of the house. And then 
but it's crazy. Like then the, the tide will drop and then they're not there or, or they are, I don't know, but they don't eat us. They don't take a bite. And um, I I'm telling you, it's the weirdest thing in the world, but they don't, they don't want to eat you. Yeah. You will see dolphins. Dolphins will just come and swim by us and they'll like pop up and, you know, do jumps and you'll be like, man, this is a cool experience. And then you'll, the, the dolphin will jump right in front of us and you'll wow. be like, Pete, this is kind of romantic. I yeah. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Okay. All right. I mean, I'll put a pin in it. I'll put a pin in it. I was, I, you had me on board and then you said, oh, it's really fun. There's tornadoes of sharks as you wade out into the wave. So I was like, I'm back out. I am back out. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm not, I'm not doing, doing it. it. By the way, I love that you, well, there's a couple of other things back to the fridge that I love. I love the salt and straw. They're, mm-hmm. they're a fun ice cream. McConnell's has probably become my favorite LA ice cream, mm-hmm. uh, but salt and straw, very, very good. Very respectable. Chocolate. It's chocolatey. What is that? Chocolate nectar? Um, Chocolate nougat? I think it's chocolate nougat caramel yeah um, so i think it's kind of like a snickers ice that's cream fun. but they can't write that on there and sell it that's fun um, um you also have a cheese drawer which whole cheese drawer i will say for you're from the midwest yes i'm from wisconsin the yeah. cheese place you are from wisconsin but you have the most basic cheeses i'm, I'm gonna roast you on your cheeses man <laughs> you've got the fucking you've got polio string cheese and you've got like that little the the red disc that like t- t- second graders get in their lunchbox before going off to school. <laughs> yeah, the the baby bell or the ba- the baby bell. Yeah, I I do have some cheddar further back. I should open up that drawer. Um, I have some sharp cheddar, uh, by the way. But um, it it was funny. Nicole, my girlfriend and I, we went to this cheese place in Santa Monica. It's like this uh, pasta restaurant that's famous. I think it's called Forma. And mm-hmm. it's famous for all their cheeses and they're um, they have like every cheese on a menu. And then yeah. the guy comes over and I, it was dizzying. I couldn't, I couldn't choose a cheese. It, it, like I, I, he's like, well, come on, just pick out five cheeses. I'm like, I do. I have no idea what I'm looking at here. And he's like, well, what's your favorite cheese? And I was like, string, <laughs> like, do you guys have string cheese? Like you need to have gourmet string cheese at your restaurant uh, for a guy with, you know, with my second grade flavor palette. Oh my God. What is string cheese? Is it like a, I think, I, I mean, stracciatella, which is like a pulled mozzarella is probably the closest mm-hmm. thing that it comes to. Does it, uh-huh. oh, you're, you're eating it right now. I'm eating it right now. What yeah. does it say on the package? Does it say anything besides string? Is it? Is it stracciatelle? Is it uh It has no information. I think I think it's mozzarella, the the strut, but it, it says bigger than anything that it's for fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it has a big label. I don't know if I can show it. This says it's for fun. Oh my god. So you're mm-hmm. at the I'm picturing you at the uh cheese centric restaurant. They're like do you uh, want a semi-soft? Would you like a cow's milk, a goat's? You're like, I just want something for fun. Mm-hmm. Do you know what's fun? What's what, fun? what is fun? Um, yeah, I like what what wine pairs with string cheese? <laughs> <laughs> is it a Bordeaux? I think it's um, yeah. Um, what box of wine would you suggest to pair with <laughs> string cheese? <laughs> what but it's flavor? funny because Wisconsin is actually making some of the best cheeses in the world now like their like their high-end cheese game has gotten insanely good 
Um, but I mm. do feel like Wisconsin is, you know, I feel like they're known for their, the basic bee cheeses, the string cheeses, the cheese curds, which mm-hmm. are very, very delicious, which cheese curds are a very Wisconsin thing, right? It's like, yeah, it's like you go into the gas station and they have like beef jerky and a bag of cheese curds, mm-hmm. which the best way to describe it is like, it's like a, almost like a tater tot size and it's a mm-hmm. piece of cheese and you just ch- pop it in and chew it like gum and it squeaks. And that's like part of the novelty, which is for yeah. fun, I guess it's kind of fun. It's for fun. Yeah. Wisconsin is all about fun. Um, yeah. I mean, it's one of the biggest drinking States in the United States. And like, by the way, that's also why I have so much alcohol in my fridge. I feel like I just have to alcohol and cheese. Like I just have to honor where I'm from. Yeah. Like if somebody from Wisconsin came to my house and I didn't look like a volume drinker, they'd be like, you're not from here. You Wait, but you have the, the lac- lactose intolerant, which is definitely mm-hmm. throws me off. The lactate, that is not yeah. very Wisconsin. You know what I did? I made a mistake. Um, uh, it was about two years ago. Uh, one of my friends, he was like, he was like, Dude, you got to do a dairy elimination challenge oh, to find out if you're allergic to dairy. And I was, I had just a great gut with dairy. Mm. And, but it, here's what it is. If you eliminate anything from your diet and then you reintroduce it, mm-hmm. you're going to, you're going to have some resistance to it. So a lot of people, they're like, oh, I'm gluten sensitive. I'm like, no, you just, you got used to it and you got unused to it. Right. But like it. And so um, when I reintroduced dairy back into my diet, it upset my stomach a little bit. I still, I mean, this is not lactose free cheese and I'm eating it and I'm fine. But for some reason I buy the lactate and I, um, I on it, like so many people go, Oh my God, I, I feel so good now that I eliminated dairy. I feel so good now that dairy's back in my life. I think yeah. it's, I think it's so good for you or at least my body chemistry growing up with it. Um, I think it, it makes me just feel so much better. Like my hair is better. My nails are better. Um, I, I like, I feel stronger. It's like a great pre-workout to have a glass of milk. Um, I don't know. This, this is <laughs> oh my God. me just promoting big dairy. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> big milk. Oh, it's a, you know, before a night on the town, just pound a glass of milk. You're charismatic. You're charming. You got your winning personality. Yeah. My, uh, I have friends that are like, I take Viagra. I'm like, I just drink a milk. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> I drink a milk. <laughs> I just have a milk, you know? Yeah. Um, I do. You know, I will say this. I like your your unabashed love of alcohol because I also have an unabashed mm-hmm. love of alcohol. And I feel like we're shamed. There's a lot of shaming mm-hmm. that goes around that. And it's like, you have a problem. It's like, no, I don't have a problem. I love alcohol. It's, fu- it's for fun. It is for fun. It makes my brain feel fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but more than that, it's funny because I will do dry January once in a while. Mm-hmm. And um, the thing that I miss the most is pairing or ha- having wine with food because oh, yeah. I have wine every night with dinner. I'll have a glass at least. And it's like, it helps me pace the meal. It helps me relax and be present into the meal. And whenever mm-hmm. I'm like dry January, I just eat like I'm a pig in a trough and it's like <laughs> over and it's not enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like it, it does really slow you down. Yeah. You, that's, that's a great way to put it. The, it it helps you pace the meal and um, yeah, you feel, you feel like slow and sophisticated when you have wine. And for me, I like, I like to take a whiskey on stage and I feel like it, like you, a couple sips of whiskey before I go on stage, 
is not going to make me drunk, but for whatever reason, the whole feel of it, the whole vibe of it, mm. I think it actually helps the show. Um, I don't, I don't like to be, you know, hammered on stage because I, you know, I feel like people, uh, they invest a lot in the night, especially lately that, you know, they're paying a sitter to be out there. So I don't want to be up there slurring my words, but, right. um, yeah, they're up top. You can see, uh, I love, uh, McAllen scotch. That's one of my favorites. And, uh, it's actually brewed in, um, or aged in sherry wine cast. So oh, cool. it has like a little bit of a sweet taste to it. Yeah. And, um, I love it. Like, I, I love it. I think there, there's no other drug like alcohol. Alcohol gets a bad rep, but like you could, you could be like celebrating a wedding and you, you drink alcohol and it makes you feel better. You could be at a funeral and you're sad and alcohol will make you feel better. Yeah. Like, um, there are those scenes in movies where people are doing, you know, back room mob surgery and alcohol helps them through it. You know, right. like alcohol does a lot of different things. And, um, I think it's a great drug. Uh, and I, I did a bit on my uh, Instagram and TikTok recently about how, you know, like everyone that you ever heard in history that's successful was like a huge drunk and then they quit. And I'm like, well, I'm not there yet. I'm not successful enough to quit. Like I, I'm still going through my, you know, my lush phase. And yeah, once I'm sitting there in my mansion, then I can, then I can dry up, you right. know, but I'm, I'm not there. I need it. <laughs> but it's also like, I mean, the argument can be made that like, you know, everyone's on antidepressants right now. Everyone's on anti-anxieties, anti this and that. And I feel like alcohol is one of those things. And I think because it's been so shamed and phased out that it's being replaced by, by like pills. Cause yeah. you know, it's a, uh, like alcohol is my, it, it, it can act as my Prozac when I need it to, mm -hmm. you know, it, it lowers your baseline both ways. Like it lowers your highs and it, it um, raises your lows. I don't know what, it, what I'm saying, but um, it basically cuts off the top and the lower percentage of your emotions. And, um, I get people all the time that they go, oh, man, I, I quit drinking. Now I, I have my full range of emotions back. And I'm like, I don't want it. I don't want all of that. I've lived like that and I don't, I don't like it. Well, you're, yeah, I know that you're very close with Nikki Glazer, and I feel like she is like, she has that one Joe Rogan video that went super viral about her quitting drinking and like why she quit drinking. Has, yeah. she, has she tried to get you to quit? Um, I, there have been a lot of times where I hang out with her and I won't drink, but um, in my most recent hangouts with her, I just, I have my whiskey like I would normally have it. Um, I, you know, she's, she's, um, you know, she's vegan, which I respect. And I, I tried that as well. And then um, my body decided to poop itself unexpectedly wherever I went. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to stick to my current diet. I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> Um, You're but like, yeah, enough, I mean, enough lentils. I'm done with the lentils. Yeah. My body can't handle that much fiber, uh, all at once. And, um, but I mean, it, it's one of those things where I respect her and I, I respect, um, her decision to eat and, you know, I guess not drink like that. And, you know, it, it is, it is what it is, but she, she's like, you know, she's very cool. She doesn't pressure the people around her to, um, to do anything, uh, but she, you know, she will go on a Joe Rogan and, and, um, you know, and speak to the masses and go, Hey, if you're interested in this, you right. can do this. Um, uh, you know, so I, I would say that that's a good thing. Like she'll share, you know, her key to that kind of stuff with people. Um, but for her friends in her real life, day-to-day -day life, she's not, you know, she doesn't shove it down your throat. Right. But, um, but yeah, it, when I first 
was like, you know, what? I'm going to have a whiskey around her. I, I felt a little bit weird. And then I realized I'm like, oh, just trust your friends that they're cool and it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have a lot of, as comics, I feel like we have a lot of friends that are, that used to be booze hounds and are sober now. And I think, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's up to them to accept us. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I'm accepting I, you being less fun. So you have to accept <laughs> me. <laughs> wanting to have fun okay yeah exactly <laughs> i i have to admit like whenever i see a character on a movie or a tv show that's sober i always want them to relapse like i was watching succession and i'm not trying to spoil it but the you know one of the main characters he's sober and then he goes through this relapse and i'm like oh this is the best part <laughs> <laughs> like this is fantastic i don't know i i think it it, it does make you more fun and yeah. um it, it drinking is fun. It, I don't know what it is. <laughs> like people could even argue, Oh, well, what you're saying is mental. You, you put the, you put the cocktail in your hand and then you're like, you're like, Oh, I'm more fun now. Well, even that, isn't there something to that? Like, yeah. the, even if it is a placebo effect, um, there's something to it. I mean, it's the funny thing is when I do my dry months, the social aspect is the thing that I think is going to be the worst, like going to a wedding or whatever, mm -hmm. but it ends up being actually a lot better because I'm like not getting fucking hammered. I'm just like having fun. I'm still quick, you know, whatever, quick witted. I, I do think again, for me, it was like, it was having wine with food was the worst part. Um, but social drinking was, I did not miss that. I'd say in the first 15 minutes of a party, it sucked. And then after that, it was like, fine. Um, but I never drink before going on stage. That's kind of a hard and fast rule I've had. Oh, I, nice. ne I never wanted that to be like a crutch, like mm. at like going to work, work and drinking. And again, I am I, I am the biggest lover of booze of anyone I know. I have a wine cellar with like 600 bottles of wine. Oh, my <laughs> like, God. I'm obsessed with I love drinking. Um, wow. But yeah, it's impressive that wine cellar. That it was a it was a covid pandemic thing. It was like, I'm going to start I'm going to become an al alcoholic. So I might as well focus my alcoholism into learning something. <laughs> So I just got all these wine books and like started ordering this wine so I could taste it. And, you know, um, oh, I, my God. Yeah. I filled up my basement with wine. Uh, that is that is so cool. Is it a like is your wine cellar like is your basement at a certain temperature and it keeps the wine at that temperature or do you have to cool it? With yeah, so it's not it's not like I don't know what you call it. It's like a California basement. Like there are stairs into an actual cellar that go down. And it's mm -hmm. surrounded with cement. And that's like where my like uh, the, the air conditioner and the heating system is for the house. And it's very cold naturally there because it's surrounded mm. in cement and it's low. So and I've done temperature tests like when the heater is on even and it's still below 65 on the hottest days. So mm -hmm. so it's it's temperature control. So I just started putting up racks down there and filling it up with wine. So cool. Yeah. Um, did you like, do you buy your wine? At, do you go around to like liquor and wine stores and then talk to them and pick out wines or do you order stuff online now? Like how do you choose your wine? I mostly order online now. I have a group of wine buddies and we have like a wine text chat thread <laughs> and, and we will send each other deals that we found like, Oh, go to this website. This uh, Brunello's on sale. And we'll, Oh, all wow just order you know a bunch of wine um it's like a it's a motley crew of uh, of wine nerds um but uh yeah it's uh it's 
I, I love it so much. And also it's become like, I don't know if you feel this, but I feel like every restaurant in LA has gotten so astronomically expensive. Like uh-huh. I'll go out to dinner with someone and it just ends up being like 250 bucks. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? So yeah. now I basically will bring a bottle of wine because uh, and just pay the corkage, which is usually like 25 to 35 bucks. Mm-hmm. And I'm having a wonderful bottle of wine with my meal, saving money, feeling mm-hmm. great. And it's my little workaround. That's oh, that's so cool. That's really smart. And yeah, the bottle of wine is what get, is what gets you at dinner. And yeah. you're you're. It's like an $18 bottle of wine that you're paying $78 for, yeah. or maybe 130. And all right, here's what I, I have wine questions. So like, I know whiskeys, I've sampled most whiskeys, but wines, like, I, I just feel like they, there's so there's infinite wines mm-hmm. there. Like there's, and there, I don't know how you keep track of it or you go, Oh, this is a good one. Cause I feel like every restaurant I go there and I look at the menu and I go, I don't know any of these. Yeah. Like I, and I feel, I, I don't feel confident. Um, and you know, like I'll, I'll be asking my girlfriend, I'm like, do you know any of these? And she's like, well, I guess this is a Pinot and it's from, uh, you know, here. And so maybe it's good. And then we just kind of take a guess and they come over and they do the thing where they pour the wine into the thing and they have you take a taste. And I don't, I don't know what tastes good. Um, I also don't want to look like an asshole and be like, no, send this back. Right. Uh, right. Cause I don't, cause I, I don't know. No, I understand. You just want wine for fun. And yeah. I think that honestly, they're there to help you out. Like the wine person at a restaurant is very, so there's two things. Number one, I would say find one, one kind of wine that you really love. Like mm-hmm. let's say it's Pinot. And go down a deep dive of just those and learn about maybe regions that you love. Like you can get Pinot from Oregon. That's amazing. You can get Pinot from from California and Pinot from France. Uh, And you kind of learn the little nuances and the differences. And it starts, the wine list will start to slowly make sense. Mm -hmm. And you'll break it. And then you can even say like, I you find a region that you're obsessed with. Like I'm suddenly obsessed with Oregon Pinot. They're fucking amazing. And I will kind of hone in on those now. Like that's my thing. And then like for a while I was into uh, Brunello's, which is this Italian grape and, or Italian wine. And I honed in on that and you kind of get, get better at it. But if, if you don't want it to, to be a student of it or whatever, you can even say, say to the wine person or, you know, um, look, this is the kind of wine that I usually like, like kind of what they did with the cheese. Like I Mm -hmm. love, (laughs) figure out what you like. Do you like fruit forward Pinot Noirs? Do you like earthy Pinot Noirs? And then from there, like do not feel any shame about asking for a price point either. Like Mm. I will say like, I want an interesting earthy Pinot Noir that is American, preferably from Oregon and under a hundred bucks. And they they they're they're not snobby they're all usually pretty cool about that so oh nice yeah all right okay so i'm 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 not gonna feel ashamed for just asking which no I, I not at like all that, that was like in an episode of mr rogers <laughs> <laughs> like i'm i'm 45 and i'm learning uh to not be ashamed of my uh wine questions no don't be ashamed i think it's weirder when you're pretending to actually know what you're talking about and you're just like you know there's no reason to flex anymore man we're in our 40s 
Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No reason. I don't know a lot about wine, but I also feel like, you know, I'm in my forties. I have a lot of, I have a lot of drinking left mm-hmm. and I feel like maybe who knows, maybe in my, you know, late forties to fifties, I'll end up getting really into wine. Uh, for a while. I don't know. I mean, look, a lot of it is by default. I can't really do spirits as much anymore. It just Mm. fucks me up. And um, I just, uh, for some fucking strange reason, I started developing an allergy to hops. So beer, which kills me because I love beer so much, but I definitely know that when I drink like a Japanese beer or like a Mexican beer, which are super low in hops, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. But then if I do like a double IPA, I'm like, I need, I need a fucking, you know, uh, what is it called? Shot to the heart. Oh, an, an EpiPen? EpiPen. <laughs> yeah, you need that EpiPen. Oh, yeah. wow. Oh, um, my God. Which sucks. So I, I, by default, I just kind of went to wine because wine, wine does very well with me. It sits very well with me. And I don't know, man. It's like kind of a, I, I know it seems pretentious, but like I have this mission to find good cheap wines, cheap bottles that are good. And and it's great. And it's like a fun little adventure. Um, yeah, I do the same thing with whiskey. I'll, whenever I'm in small towns, especially, I'll go into the liquor store and see if there's any really great whiskeys that they don't know how expensive they are. And so they're selling them for cheaper. or Maybe they got them for cheaper somehow or it hasn't sold or whatever. But um, you just want to take advantage of small town liquor stores that don't a know what city they boy going into a small town. <laughs> Oh my, I was in Brookings, South Dakota and um, the, there was this bartender that was like, like a 20, like an exactly 21 year old gal that was a college student there. And I'm sitting down and I'm like, well, how much for the Johnny Walker red? And she's like, uh, well, it's happy hour. So it's two for one. So you can get two for $2. And I was like, okay, what about the Johnny Walker black? And she was like, I don't know, $3. <laughs> And I was like, all right, well, what about the Johnny Walker blue? And she's like, $4, I guess. Oh my God. (laughs) And I was there, um, you and I used to do a lot of colleges and I was there doing a college orientation thing for a month. And I went there every single day and I drank, I drank that whole bottle of Johnny Walker blue and then they replaced it. And she kept giving me more doubles for $4. Oh my God. I was like, Brookings, South Dakota is great. They have the cheapest <laughs> scotch. So yeah, I guess I'm a, I'm a scotch swindler. Um, your, your whole family is like, when are you coming back, Pete? <laughs> Shut like, up, never, guys. Never. The kids miss you, Pete. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I got, a, I, got a couple, I got a case of Johnny Walker Blue here in Brookings. <laughs> I'm not leaving until it's over. But yeah, she must have gotten in so much trouble for selling that for... Oh that amount. That, so I maybe I don't know. Maybe the people who are not drinkers are right. Maybe drinking um, makes you dishonest because I will I will lie and cheat for whiskey. Yeah, you did get that poor twenty one year old girl fired. Probably. <laughs> she 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 became she became a an oxy you know addict after that. Oh yeah, yeah. She yeah she her like she's got a pantry full of Narcan now because I. <laughs> I swindled her out of that Johnny Walker blue. She is the guest next week, though. Uh, we're going to take a picture of her pantry. <laughs> yeah. of Narcan. All, all the Narcan. All, oh. all the Narcan. Ever wonder how the hell string cheese is made? 
Me neither. But for Pete's sake, let's find out. The stringiness of string cheese is naturally created by the cheese being stretched and pulled by an auger while simultaneously being heated to 140 degrees. At this temperature, the milk proteins begin to move and change, aligning horizontally. This alignment allows the milk proteins to become stretchy. Also, string cheese must always be mozzarella cheese because mozzarella cheese is the only type of cheese that has a stringing quality naturally. Snack cheese, on the other hand, can be any variety of cheese from cheddar to Munster, but you won't be able to pull it apart in strands. Bottom line, string cheese might have some fun properties, but if you're over 10 years old, buy some fucking mozzarella. Guys, this holiday season, I'll be giving thanks to our friends over at Manscaped. Everyone loves turkey and stuffing, but you will be looking like dessert with the help of Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Whoever they get to write the Manscaped ads, by the way, side note, genius. The leaders in below the waist grooming have blessed you with the ultimate Thanksgiving dinner topic. Tell your in-laws about your new cutting edge ball trimmer and gift yourself or the man in your life the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Trim your pumpkins by going to manscaped.com and use code GREENEGGS for free shipping and 20% off. Guys, I was just sent a Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. It is a big box of stuff. I never knew my balls needed this much attention. But let me tell you something. You ever watch NASCAR? You know when the car pulls into to the pit stop and they're just, like just doing 30 million things to the car? Uh, that's, that's what my balls, that's what happens to my balls now. Inside you will find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold all of your goodies. Think of it as a cornucopia for your balls. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code GREENEGGS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code GREENEGGS. Be thankful this holiday season for the best gift of all from Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. All right, we're going to get to the questions that I ask every guest, uh, starting with what is your earliest food memory? Okay, so when I was a little kid, I, um, and I still do this, by the way, uh, and you're going to, everybody thinks it's gross. Um, you're going to think it's gross. My girlfriend judges me. Um, I have, I have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich every single day. Wow. Um, I don't know why, uh, but it's worked for me thus far, but here's the gross part. I dip it in milk. Like you would like dip an Oreo back to the milk. I think yeah. big, big, big dairy <laughs> was like, Pete, you have to say the word milk 25 times or you're not getting your payout. Yeah. <laughs> Green eggs and Dan. How about milk with Dan? Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Stop I, trying to steer it all to milk. No, that sounds good to me. Actually, I don't see that being a, a bad thing. That sounds kind of fun. It's delicious. It, it almost tastes like a trace leches cake, but you you have to put it in the milk for a certain amount of time, but not too much and not too little because it can't be too soggy. And yeah. you got to go. Have, you got to Goldilocks it. Mm hmm. You got a Goldilocks it. And I, I love it. It tastes amazing. My girlfriend makes fun of me every single day for it. And the main thing that she makes fun of me about it, and I, I guess I'm, she's going to be happy that I brought this up, that I, I confessed on your podcast to this. I will dunk it in like a tall glass like this. 
and I'll dunk it until my fingers go into the milk and they're clean fingers. They're, they're like, I've washed them. Mm-hmm. I've sterilized, but you got to make the, <laughs> you, sterilize, you, make, you sterilize them. You have like a, a UV light you throw on your fingers. Yeah. Yeah. One of those little <laughs> cell phone lights. I, I put my hand in there, like one of those baby incubators. Um, yeah. I, I, I customized it yeah. and, um, it, but yeah, you, you basically put it in there until the bubbles stop and then you pull it out and that's when you eat it. Until the, and, <laughs> <laughs> you drowned it. You literally you starve it. it of the oxygen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, I baptize my sandwich in milk. That's what I do. It's a full baptism. And, um, oh but yeah, God. she's like, that's so gross that you put your, your fingers in there and then you wait till the bubble stop. That's, that's she's like, that's disgusting. It is and, not. I mean, it's like somehow you turn the most innocent, cute, thing that you do into like a really dark like serial killer like like that's like that's what ted bundy would do just like yeah starve the pb and j of its oxygen and no yeah. it's ready i smother it yeah I, I smother the sandwich and then it's ready to eat that actually sounds so much fun and i think i will give that a shot especially tres leches cake is one of my favorite cakes so that is yeah. a good benchmark right there it's delicious and you can, yeah, you can, uh, I, I recommend dunking it and eating it like that. Uh, you could also just, uh, get the thing milky and then eat it with a fork on the plate, like a trace leaf chase cake. Uh, Hold on. delicious. <laughs> but is this your earliest food memory? Like you remember doing this as a kid? Yeah, I was doing this as a kid. And then, um, there were a couple of years that I, I was like, I got to give up bread. I can't like, I'm eating too much bread in my life. And so I cut out the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and then um, my girlfriend, she's a big CrossFit person. She's done a CrossFit gym and I'm not quite there yet. So we've been going to F45, which is like CrossFit. It's like diet CrossFit kind mm. of. And um, I've just been needing more calories lately. And so I, I was like, I'm reintroducing the peanut butter and jelly sandwich dipped in milk. This is, this is the new me. I feel like your whole life is like you deny yourself of something that you love that works really well. And then like three weeks later, you're like, no, that worked well. I did like that. I'm bringing it back. <laughs> yeah. I actually am why really did, happy. Why did that. I do that? Yeah. Why? Why? Yeah. There's like, uh, I mean, it really has the same effect as Zoloft. And, um, uh, and I mean, I'm also on Zoloft, so yeah, <laughs> it makes me double happy. <laughs> well, what, yeah. What you didn't mention is first you dissolve one Zoloft pill into the milk. Yeah. And then you dip the PB and J. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it's lactate. So it, you know, I took the lactose out, but then I put the Zoloft back in. It's <laughs> right. Zoloft enriched right. is what it is. Um, okay. Death row meal. Let's see. Why are you on death row? Uh, maybe one day you go back to that bar in, in South Dakota mm-hmm. and they're like, oh yeah, it's $64 for a shot of blue label, uh, mm-hmm. as it should be. And you're like, no, but it was $4. Uh, when Mandy was here and they're like, yeah, Mandy uh, OD'd on fentanyl because and she was on the street for it because of and, it. And you know what? You're the guy we figured we found you. You killed her. And now mm-hmm. you're on death row. So you're on death row. What is your death row meal? Um, probably. I don't know. Does everybody say pizza? I feel like not really. No, everyone says steak steak. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh? I uh, now maybe I'll go with steak. I don't <laughs> no. know. Stick with your, um, your initial one. I'm going pizza. I'm going just pepperoni and sausage pizza, but really greasy 
you greasy pizza. You know, like, what I mean? do you do, do you want like a Midwestern style pizza or do you want like a coastal pizza, like a fancy coastal pizza? I think I just want like a Midwestern style pizza and I want it real greasy. I'm on death row, so I'm going to die. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not going to take my, you know, my paper towel and blot it. Yeah. Uh, and I do. Yeah. I do have a paper towel right here. Um, I, <laughs> Did you I have always, that just for, just for this moment? I knew that I was going to, I was like, Pete, remember your props. Remember it. Uh, this is what you're going to blot. You're, you're not if a you prop comic. Put, you're a prop podcast guest. Yeah. Which, <laughs> No one is seeing your props. <laughs> They're like, no, when, when he, when he blotted that just in the audio, I really felt like he had that in his hand. Uh, okay. Okay. So greasy, um, a greasy, gross Midwestern pizza. Yeah. So even in my, in my death row meal, there's dairy. What is Wisconsin? Uh, I, I, I'm always kind of fascinated by regional uh, foods and regional Midwestern foods are so weird to me because they're like, there, there's a lot of them are so childish. Like toasted ravioli is like it's like a kid made that, or yeah. like Provel cheese, which is like I just learned last week is like a cheese that's like just it, it's like butter cheese because it doesn't get stringy because they don't want it to have stringiness. Like it seems like a picky kid just like <laughs> made all <of> Midwestern <laughs> regional foods. <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess you go to Minnesota and they're like, oh, we cook mini hot dogs in the Nesco. Yeah. And um, yeah, it is very little in like Pittsburgh. You go there and they're like, we put French fries in our sandwiches, right. which is a very little kid thing to do. And it's literally called like a garbage sandwich or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, Wisconsin, you already brought up the cheese curds and the fried cheese curds. That's really what we're. Oh, fried cheese for. curds. Oh, I, yeah. those are very fun, actually. Those are delicious. You dip them in ranch dressing and marinara. And uh, it's I had some last week. My girlfriend and I went to Wisconsin or two weeks ago and um, there uh, my girlfriend had never had them. She was born in Alaska, grew up in Oregon, uh, loves loves the Oregon wines, mm. um, went to school at Arizona State, had never put fried cheese into her body. Yeah. And she was, uh, the waitress came over and was like, well, what do you want as a side with your sandwich? And I was like, you got to get cheese curds. You can get cheese curds. And she got these and she's like, why would you even offer other sides? Yeah. Why would anybody even choose tater tots, which are amazing compared to cheese curds? And she's like, well, you know, for health, health reasons. And she's like, so you're telling me that tater tots are that much healthier than cheese curds. That's how unhealthy you guys are. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm surprised that fried cheese curds haven't had a moment like like in like uh, nationally. Like I could yeah. see hipster bars serving fried cheese curds. Um, it's very delicious. They're so delicious. I think it's because of the hipsters all have lactose. Oh, yeah. Problems. Interesting. Um, That's probably what it is. I have so many friends that are on 40 milligrams of Adderall, but if they have a drop of dairy, they explode. <laughs> <laughs> like, how are you doing this <laughs> i love it i love it i know it's true this is like the this is like the decade of like taking things that humans have been eating and drinking for millennia and being like oh no i can't put that in my system bread <laughs> the thing that has kept humans alive for for literally Hundreds of thousands of years? No, I cannot touch that. <laughs> no, I cannot do that, but I will put all these synthetic and crazy things into my body. Right. I'll do lines of cocaine in the bathroom. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
<laughs> but I will not, not. I will not have the uh, breadsticks. Uh, what is the best high end meal you've ever had? Oh man, best high end meal. Uh, it was the night before I taped my uh, my Showtime special. I went to this place, uh, uh, and it was free. It was free uh, Wagyu steak. Um, the so uh, my agent and my manager took me to this place called Steak Forty Four in Arizona, mm. and I had the best Wagyu steak with Bernays on top of it. It, it was oh baby, it blew my mind. I couldn't yeah. even believe how great that meal was it was it was out of out of this world the the opposite of that was i went to a michelin star restaurant which i don't know that i've ever been to a michelin star restaurant before this and i also didn't realize that michelin star is just the tire company rated restaurants it's, yeah they have, they have a michelin seal outside which is like the tire guy that's all made of tires yep um same people <laughs> yeah same people and i won't I don't want to say where the restaurant was, um, but uh, it was in a mountainous region. And um, this guy, he had a Michelin restaurant that was supposed to be at like the highest altitude that mm. you could be at. And you, when you walked in there, like even when you're standing in the bar, they're like, oh, don't, you know, like don't order this or like, don't do this. The bartender was like this Michelin chef. If he catches you doing this, like you're like, I had like my feet up on the coffee table in the little bar area. They're like, don't do that. Michelin chef is going to get mad at you. Oh boy. And I was like, well, this place is fun. And then <laughs> we got the meal served to us and it was disgusting. Every single course of the meal was absolutely disgusting. And um, he served us chicken that was like not cooked all the way, which like I, you can't, you can't even say that, like, I don't have a palate or I don't understand chicken. Like if chicken is gummy. So I, I said, I told the waiter, I was like, Hey, you got We can't eat this chicken. And he's like, you can't send that back. He's like, the cook is going to lose his mind. I was like, this oh my God. cook needs some Prozac <laughs> and he needs to cook his chicken a little bit more. And so, yeah, we left the, the restaurant and I was like, that's the only time I've ever been to a Michelin star restaurant. And I'm like, well, maybe that's, this is why they stuck this guy at altitude like this. Like, like this is like the night's watch uh, in game of Thrones. Like they put him at the wall because he's been <laughs> naughty. And, right. um, but wow. yeah, so that was the most disappointing meal I've ever why had. Why won't you tell us what restaurant it was? Um, I don't know. I like, I feel like I've talked a lot of trash and I just don't want to embarrass, uh, the, the person or whatever, but, um, if people really wanted to, they could probably narrow it down by Google of like the yeah. highest altitude restaurant. But it was, uh, yeah, it wasn't good. It was, yeah. that it sounds was awful. It was really gross. And um, I don't know, maybe like, I, and I was, I was just like, like, all right, maybe I'm just a stupid Midwestern kid that doesn't understand what real food tastes like. But I'm like, no, when he brought out the gummy chicken. No, chicken is never supposed, as, as someone who considers himself quite the international foodie i will give you the stamp of approval that chicken should never be served medium rare <laughs> never no. ever never never and that's a, that also is a um that's a testament to how great chicken is like if chick if chicken is cooked one minute less than it should be we can die from it and we're still like dog give me the chicken <laughs> chicken's so good <laughs> you're gonna risk death you understand that yes i do <laughs> Yeah, I do. Give it to me. Uh, yeah, and it can't be overcooked because then it's dry and it's bad. Right. Get it closer, closer to deadly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a little too far from deadly. Exactly. Okay.
What's the best low-end meal you ever had? This could be like a street taco. It could be fried uh, cheese curds. Okay. Back when I was growing up in Wisconsin, if you went to like any, any like state fair or fairgrounds or like, uh, I, I grew up a water skier. And so like we'd go to water ski tournaments and they would have this thing called taco in a bag where they just take a bag of Fritos and then they take a, like a lunch lady scoop of taco meat and then sour cream and <laughs> lettuce and tomatoes and hot sauce. And then you eat it, you eat it out of the bag with a plastic fork. And I just remember the tacos at a bag at the Rock County 4-H fair just being insane. Like they were, they were so good. Dude, 11 year old and one 11 year old kid is, is doing all the, all the menus in all the Midwestern places. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. We're, all the recipe testing is done in middle school. For we just eat thing. like children, which is, I mean, I'm, I literally have string cheese here. And so, yeah, I'm still doing it. I'm 45 That's and so I good. eat string cheese. All right. Now this one is going to be fun for you because I know that you probably have a very good answer, but what is your favorite drunk food? I live by a Taco Bell. Um, I have one within a mile radius and, uh, I don't drink and drive. By the way, I initially thought you said that metaphorically, like I live by the code of Taco Bell. (laughs) (laughs) I I live by Taco Bell. By Taco Bell rules only. (laughs) I I live Moss, uh, is what I do. (laughs) Um, yeah, I have a code and it's uh, Mountain Dew code red. That's what I live by. I live Moss by that code. Um, I live near a Taco Bell and uh, I don't, I don't drink and drive, uh, but I will, I've sat in a Taco Bell drive through in the back of an Uber, you know, you, like, you know, you're hammered when like they pull up in the back window is at the drive through and you're like, yeah, I want this and this and that, <laughs> but I'm generous to the Uber driver. I'm always like, Hey buddy, can I get you something? <laughs> right. They usually turn it down. Uh, He's like, no, I just want to get home to my wife. <laughs> it's like, all right, right, another half hour. Chill Damn. out, Amir. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, don't throw up in my car, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> That's the guy with the paper towels in the front seat. And you're like, okay, it's already happened tonight. Oh, um, but man. yeah, ta- I love Taco Bell so uh, much. Um, there's something very awesome about ordering from the back of an Uber. It's like you feel like a boy king <laughs> in the back of a Toyota Tercel. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> A boy king is the perfect description of that. I'll have five chalupas. (laughs) And put it on my tab. Yes, yes. What would you like, driver? Nothing. (laughs) Yeah. And a hot sauce for the driver. (laughs) Taco Bell I go to, um, I'll be like, can I have a bunch of mild sauce? I I don't really like the fire sauce or whatever. I like the mild sauce. And they'll give me a whole separate bag just of mm. mild stuff. And then my girlfriend and I will make uh we'll make crock pot chicken. And then we actually take the mild sauce and we drizzle it over it. It's so good. It's it's great. Oh I'm very sophisticated. I'm a sophisticate. That does sound like a true TV cooking show, like getting <laughs> condiments from fast food places and then making meals at home out of them. <laughs> oh my god, it tastes just like Taco Bell. It's amazing. <laughs> No need to make steak sauce. Just get some Arby's white sauce, mix it with onions, and there you go. There you go. It's delicious. What is That's the most Guy Fieri meal ever. That's the what? Most Guy Fieri that's, that meal very, ever. That is a very, that is, that is 
a very Guy Fieri male. Um, yeah. I love that guy, though. Yeah, and he's, 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 I used to hate him, and now I love him because like, I found out he's like a good human being. Guy Fieri's friends with a lot of comedians, too. And yeah, um, he is, that makes me like him even more. He is a good guy. He gives to charity. We love Guy Fieri. Please be a guest on the show. Um, what is your favorite hangover cure? This is not original at all, but uh, a McDonald's quarter pounder or double quarter pounder with fresh fries, mm. not French fries, but fresh fries. McDonald's fries are crazy. Like you, if you get them and you let them sit there for four and a half minutes, they will become stones. Yeah, they're <laughs> awful. It, they're so awful. Four and a half minutes later, if they cool down. But um, uh, that, yeah, that and a Dr. Pepper. That's my hangover uh, meal. I that's love good. that. That's standard. Mm-hmm. I What's yours. What, I, what you? For me, it seems like, well, I actually love a pasta carbonara when I'm hungover. Mm-hmm. Cause that's, you're getting your eggs, you're getting your bacon, you're getting your starch. Um, I love a carbonara. I love a breakfast burrito when I'm hungover. Mm-hmm. Big fan. Um, it's funny. I, I eat McDonald's pretty rarely, but when I do, it's gotta be fucking perfect. And I went to a drive through and I got, <laughs> this was with an Uber because I was hammered. And I went to the drive-thru and I got my chicken McNuggets, which is, this is my, my favorite drunk food is, is probably uh, chicken McNuggets and the McDonald's French fries. And we drove off and I started eating it and the fries were not fresh fries. And oh. I made the Uber driver turn back around. <laughs> Because in my mind, I'm like, I have McDonald's fries twice a year and I want them to be perfect. Yes. And you, you need that. It, it's mandatory. I doubled back. Back window open. Excuse me, my good man. <laughs> These fries left much to be desired. <laughs> Make me another batch. And did they make you a fresh batch? Anything for you, Kyle? No, dude. I don't want anything. I just want to get home to study. <laughs> yes, oh they did. God. They made me a fresh batch. And they were great. And did you have to go back? Did you have to change? Did you have to edit the destination in the thing to add another stop? Yeah. In the Uber and, app? And the Uber app just shamed me. It was like, are you sure, sir? Yeah, you had already, you already went to McDonald's. <laughs> you had to add two stops to the same McDonald's <laughs> and then home. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Who's oh your God. Who's your favorite uh, celebrity food personality? Um. Well, I have a neighbor uh, who's a like he's a celebrity chef. His name is Sharon Hackman, and uh, he does a lot of stuff on like Instagram and TikTok and and whatnot. And he's my favorite celebrity chef. Uh, because he makes food all the time. He'll be cooking for like his cooking show that he does online. Mm. And then he sends a text message to the whole neighborhood. And he's like, he's like, Hey guys, we got, you know, we got pork chops. Do you want any, Hey, we got Brussels sprouts. We got street corn. And so I just run down there and he's like, all I, all I require is that you bring your own plate. Cause he's like, I'm not giving out my plates. And then you bring your own silverware and I'll just go over there with my own plate, my own silverware, and then I'll eat. And it's, absolutely delicious wow that is fun so he's not necessarily your favorite celebrity chef you like him because he feeds you for free yeah and i would say guy fieri uh, because he's cool and he's cool to comics and everybody says he's a great guy but he's never he's he's never given me anything (laughs) to be honest (laughs) it makes sense 
Okay, what is your desert island food? You're trapped on a desert island. One food you're going to eat for the rest of your life. You will never get tired of it. I feel like it's got to be, oh man, desert island food. And in this scenario, can I eat like, all right, you know what? I'm just going to make up my own scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say steak uh, uh, or anything that comes from a cow um, that I can marinate and eat. Because I feel like if I'm on a desert island for my whole life, there's a lot of fish. I can probably go fishing and I could catch a fish. Um, but so I want the thing that you can't get on the desert island, which would probably be beef. There's no stray cows. Okay. There. I think you're taking it a little too literal. This is not, oh. this is one thing. You can't go fishing. You are oh. a quadriplegic on this island. <laughs> on this island? <laughs> All right. <laughs> and one okay. thing will be spoon fed to you. <laughs> One thing will be spoon fed to me on this island and I can't do anything. Okay. No. Ooh. Um, Cause steak, if I have steak three nights in a row, I'm like, I don't want any more steak. Yeah. So this has to be something I could eat every day. All right. Then it has to be, it has to be the peanut the butter and jelly sandwich. That's <laughs> milk. Cause I already do that. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'll die without it. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. Actually. You actually, that's so funny that you actually live a desert island food. Yeah. And I live by the ocean and, and you uh, live and by I, the code of the Taco Bell. I live, I live moss. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a food that you can't stand eating? I don't like oysters. Mm. I, so many people that I know, they just love oysters. And when you go to a restaurant that has really good oysters, they, they go, mm, and everybody at the table looks at each other with this look. Like it's like when, when probably when like foot fetish people meet each other, and they just share this interest and I'm just sitting there and I'm a people pleaser and I want to give them that look like, well, I love them too, but I don't. And I'll eat them, you know, like, like people always go like, Hey, will you share some oysters? And I'm like, how about this? If you get a dozen oysters, I'm going to have one, I'm going to have two and I'm going to load it up with horseradish and Worcestershire and all that stuff. And, um, and the, the red sauce, and I'm going to try to make it not taste like an oyster. But um, I, don't, I don't love them. I had one bad oyster once. And yeah. um, I, I always say I barfed my chapstick off. Like that's, it, was, uh, it was not good. And it was instant. Like I ate the bad oyster. And then it was like 10 minutes later, my body was like, I, I, was at, um, I was at a fancy steakhouse in New York City. And then they wound up comping my meal because the wait staff uh, like one of them went in to use the restroom and I'm, I'm going, you know, I'm throwing up the oyster. And then afterwards they came over to the table and, uh, and they were like, Hey, you know, was, was something not right with your oysters? I'm like, dude, I didn't want to say anything, but I got so sick. And so they comped my meal, wow. my date's meal. That's nice. Um, but yeah, ever since then, I can't, I, I, I I'll eat an oyster to be polite, but I'm always going, what's going to happen. Why? I, I don't think you need to eat it to be polite. I think you should just say, I won't have it, but you guys can have your oysters. Yeah, I guess I could work on my assertiveness. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Every time you eat these things, you think of you dying and you're like, I'll do it anyway, just to be likable. Just yeah, to be- <laughs> I just want to be a part of the tribe. You know, like every table is its own little tribe and I just want to be a part of it. And I love it. They're just like uh, talking about, oh, I love East Coast oysters and West Coast oysters. And you're like, yeah, totally. I love, you know, all the coasts have oysters. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I was at a place in um, Baltimore and my friend was like, where are these oysters from? And the, 
and I was like, oh, you're kidding. You're and then the waiter sincerely was like, well, these ones are from this area and these ones are from this area. And I'm like, this is crazy that you know all of this. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole thing, man. It's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Is there this is my favorite question? Last question. What is or are your restaurant pet peeves? I hate it when at like the end of the meal you can't find the server. But at the beginning of the meal, you can't even take a bite without them always being there. You know, mm. like like there needs to be a consistent frequency with which the waiter checks up on you. Yeah. Um, so many times at the beginning of a meal, you can't you can't even like get a sentence in to the person next to you without them going like, can I get you more? Or like, would mm-hmm. you like this? Or that, that? Like, I think you got to um, I, th- I mean, there's there there's a reason why there's professional you know, uh, waiters that make a lot of money at fancy restaurants. Cause they, I think they kind of know the flow of the whole thing. They can yeah. feel it all out. But then at the end of a meal, when you're, you've just been sitting there for 25 minutes and nobody comes over with the check and you're like, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my pet peeve. What's yours? That's a good one. I mean, I have a lot. Um, I would say lately my pet peeve is I actually don't like it when the person that I'm eating, well, okay, the thing that I hate most is when people ask a server, what should I get? I'm thinking between the salmon and the chicken. And they're like, get the salmon. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. And a lot of people are like, why not? I, I, it, to me, it's like, I don't know what your tastes are. So just describe them both to me and then let me choose, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I, I don't like that. I don't like when servers take credit for the food. Like, oh, I have, I have a lamb special tonight. It's like, no fucker. You don't have anything. You don't have anything. You have an acting career that, that isn't, that isn't doing so well. That's funny. I hate that so much. Um, I, I also, someone brought this up the other day and it was a perfect pet peeve that no one had ever said before, but the whole, like, we can't seat your table until everyone's here. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. I that can't stand that. One. Yeah. Because, yeah, if you're just standing there for, like, let's say one person's 15 minutes behind, you can always get to the table. You can order an app. You can order wine. You can order all of your cocktails. You're already spending money at the place. And yeah. if anything, you'll spend more money because you might get two or three apps and you might get one or two more cocktails in yeah. uh, while you're waiting for that person. So I don't understand why they won't seat the partial. And then they can also order that person's drink for them for when they're on the way. Right. Unless they, unless, and this is what I I, I said to her, unless it's an ultimatum where it's like either your party's here in the next 10 minutes or we're giving your table away. But -hmm. if you're going to seat us anyway, then what's the fucking difference? Yeah. I 100% agree with that. Makes no sense. But going back to your pet peeve, your initial one about uh, server pacing or like people coming in and out. I, I wish that we all switched to uh, what I like to call Korean barbecue rules, which is whenever you go to like a Korean restaurant, they always have the button on the table. Oh. And yeah. they will never come over to you unless you press that button. And then they come over. It's That's fucking phenomenal. genius because everyone has a different pacing that they want from the server. Some want them to be overly, you know, into their, their business. Some want them to be very hands off. Do the button, man. Every restaurant should do the button. They should totally do the button. And I mean, I think that a lot of, you know, a lot of restaurants are, they've gone to the phone ordering. So they really only come over to you after you've been like, well, I want this and I want, you know, 
So you're ordering things on your phone, but um, I don't love the phone ordering because I have an iPhone 10. And so I'm still on like whatever my SIM card is, it's not good. I don't have good cell service a lot mm. of places. So my friends are able to order their food and I'm just like, can you order me this and I'll Venmo you? <laughs> um, maybe that's one of my pet peeves is uh, the QR code ordering at the, you know, at the restaurants because my phone sucks. I think I that's probably also become one of my biggest pet peeves is the QR code, even the QR code menu. Mm -hmm. um, I hate it so much because I feel like when I go to a restaurant, I want to shut down from my phone. I want to put it down and not think about it. And now it's like you need to, everyone's looking at their phone. And I went to a, I went to a fancy ass restaurant last night. My agent was like, took me out. So I made sure it was like the most expensive restaurant in Santa yeah. Monica. All right. Yeah. And, and this fancy ass place made you take out your fucking phone. And I was like, we're over uh, pandemic, pan pandemic stuff like that should be done. Don't, yeah. that, don't make that the thing that we, that we keep. Yeah. Like, don't, don't skimp on that. No. I, I like the paper menu. I like, I like the menu in my hands. Uh, also comedy clubs have been going toward, they've been going towards the QR code and ordering from your phone. Now um, there's that service called toast. And um, you can either have the server come over with the iPad and you order from that, or you order from your phone and then they bring you the drinks. I hate it all. Um, I hate it because then half the crowd's on their phone half the time looking at right. drinks and going, and they're like, instead of talking to the waitress, they're talking to each other and, and they have their phone. And I'm like, this can't be a thing in comedy clubs. And we can't tell if they're texting or not, if they're texting or they're just ordering innocently. Yeah. We don't know if and we should yell at them or not. Exactly. And so I like, and it, it's probably them ordering and deciding their drinks. But I think that, you know, I've been doing, you've been doing comedy for decades. Like I have, and that wasn't a thing for forever. So my brain goes, you're being rude. Right. And don't be rude right now. You know? <laughs> so funny. Uh, Pete Lee, such a delight talking to you. Tell all the people where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Pete Lee, Pete Lee, Pete Lee. It's my name three times in a row. Pete Lee, Pete Lee, Pete Lee. And you can get my tour dates on PeteLee.net. I love it. And I'm always so excited to see your successes because we have been in the trenches together for probably 20 years now. And we've always kind of crossed paths here and there. And you're one of the nicest, nicest people in comedy. And it, it, it warms my heart when good things happen to nice people. So, Oh, um, man. Well, as, as are you. You're brilliant and you're such a sweetheart. And I remember when I like the first time so i didn't watch cobra kai until it went to netflix and right. so uh and also by the way uh i went on youtube and looked at it and like 85 billion people <laughs> have watched each episode that is crazy like and when i saw you on the show i was i was just so happy um i, I was so late to the party but um i mean you're on one of the most watched shows ever in the history of the world that's crazy i appreciate it man thank you very much it's uh it's uh, we've come a long way from our naca naca conventions <laughs> oh yes we have uh yeah we're, we've gone from cafeteria performances to now we're talking about food on a podcast yes <laughs> <laughs> it seems like a lateral move actually now yeah. that i think about it, <laughs> it <does. laughs> I right, love thank it. you p thank you dude thank you so much dan Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.